Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakuru, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of July 17th, 2020. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. And as you can tell, it is just Dos Compadres because there is no Gray here this week. He is on vacation on the beach. Yeah, I would love to see the photos from that. <laughs> yep, because he has to wear a mask in the beach, even though it's the beach, because good old Rona. Yep. But yeah, how have we been? What have we been listening to? I lost my sanity this week. That I'll just leave it at that. And this week has been very random music-wise. It's been all over the place. So in the car, I've had Kira. Her Naked album is Fantabulous, and that was most of my playlist in the car, except I switched it to a seiyu, or she does a lot of anime music. Her name is Paeru, and I randomly bought her Tail Tailwind's album and started listening to that, and she's very interesting. I like her voice, and I can't wait to finish the album because I haven't finished it yet. I'm halfway through. And let's see. G-Idol. I went down the K-pop train, but I listened to their La Tata from last year, and their Japanese mini-album they did last year is great. And Blackpink, I went back to them, but I listened to their early K-pop stuff, which is very good. And discovered a group called Sick Chicks. I like their rap. They're very interesting. And I am excited about listening to more of them. Listen to some Cream again. Some Chanmina. And Aisha. And that's really about it for me this week. What about... Oh, oh, wait. I take that back. I was listening to Mary's Blood and Aldios as well. So when I said I was all over, I was all over. What about you, Ken? So I took a page out of your your book there, Luna, and I've been listening to a lot of R&B and hip-hop artists. Um, one of them is a lovely artist called Keiju. He's, his song, Summertime, which I think you would really like because it does star Riri in it as well, which is really good. And I've been listening to his, his song, Play Fast, that features Gots, and that's been really, really freaking good. Same for his other track, Bound for Glory, which... It's been in my mind ever since. After that, I've been listening to this gr- this singer called Indeed. It's spelled I-N hyphen D. And he's been an artist that I kind of kept my eye on with his his last EP indoors. And he has a new EP coming up, which we'll probably talk about at a later date. But I've been really, really liking that. After that, I've been listening to another artist named... Himi with his track Baby that just came out this past week and it is freaking phenomenal. I've been kind of keeping a track on him too. His his last single Stem was really really phenomenal and I highly recommend it. After that, I've been listening to the sneak peek preview that Dizzy Sunfist has been doing for their latest EP episode two. Uh, my copy for Wall. Rosalia's second album finally came in and I've been listening to that nonstop. It's been really, really great. With the the album being released also they had Flam and Wasner. So Wasner was the the tour that I went on, so I've been trying to find me. 
me and Renford, honestly. And we had really good seats for that, so I'll be very surprised if I can't find myself. So, uh, besides that, uh, nothing too out of the ordinary. Uh, some, uh, she is Summer with her track. Summer's End was also released, and I've been, we'll be talking about that a little bit more, and I really, really did like it, so. But, yeah, there's, like, a couple artists I would highly recommend for you, and I, I wonder how Gray would like them, too, specifically uh, Keiju. I think he would really like the song Bound for Glory by Keiju. It's really, really good. I'm going to have to check him out. I checked it indeed as you sent me that, and I'm excited for that because the one with uh, Kreva was really good. So I'm looking forward to checking out that whole album. Yeah, so it's it was really good, honestly. It's just something that I really liked. His outdoor album, which is uh, a spiritual successor for his indoor EP, is going to be really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to the news here. A little bit of small news here, because it's just the two of us this time around. So first off is, in celebration of the release of his latest track, Hope, Music Corner alum Tender released a music video for said track on his YouTube channel and was dropped across all digital music streaming platforms. It was really good. I would highly recommend you guys listen to that. And... This wasn't the only release that he announced. He also announced that he will be releasing an an album in August with further details to come at a later date. I believe it's going to drop sometime next week, the news, because he's been kind of teasing about that. But go ahead and check the music video out and check out the streaming link also on their site as well. And then continuing on up to the female R&B duo Hype by Yo-Yo has released a brand new track titled O Uchide Kikitai Summer Daiva Anthem on all digital music streaming platforms. You can check out all the information on that on our site. It's really, really good. I've been kind of keeping an eye on them also, and I've been looking forward to this release. I checked it out as well, and I really like them too. But yeah, to continue on to the next thing here, and it is the creative project of model Ishimoka Kamishida Adu released a design trailer for her mini album called Adu One on her YouTube channel. It was previously released in November of last year, and this was her second release since starting this project. It's very interesting that this model, she's a very prolific model, and I'm very... It, Highly anticipating any release done by her. A do one was really, really good. I'll have to check her out because she looks really interesting and I tend to fall for some of the, the models turn singers. And then continuing on to male Vocaloid composer and artist Harumaki Gohan revealed that he'll be releasing his latest album titled Futari No and is set to release on August 26th. This will be his latest album in the last two years since Neo Dream album back in 2018. And it will release with two editions. You can check out all the info about that on our site, along with the trailer for Futadino on our site as well. All right, so next up is actually more of news. And oh, she's one of my favorites. I'm happy, but I'm a little heartbroken. But I'm also really happy. So Makino Yui has found her Prince Charming. Those of you who don't know, Makino Yui is a famous seiyuu and vocalist. 
She is known for her role as Sakura in Tsubasa Chronicle. That's probably one of her biggest roles. She also did the insert songs for that. And You Are My Love is one of the most beautiful, heartbreaking songs. And I love it. I have loved her for a long, long time. Probably since she was Sakura in Tsubasa, which was her debut role, if I am correct. And so she has announced her marriage to fellow actor and singer, Yutaro Miura. And this was on Friday, June 12th. They had, and the two had met on a regular radio, pro, radio program that Miura uh, san hosts. And Makino san had commented on the marriage that she hopes that she will be able to combine their lives together to build a cheerful family and go on their own path and ask everyone to watch over them. So I want to say congratulations to Makino Yui and Yutaro Miura. I am so happy for them and we wish them a lifetime of love and happiness. And she is so she is so sweet. I love watching her concerts and I'm so happy she found the one person to be with. And you can read about that on our site and a little bit more information about her, some of the roles she was in cuz she was also in Welcome to the NHK, NHK New York Soul. And you can read a little bit about her singing career. She had many albums. And a little bit about uh, about her new husband as well in his career. And moving on to a favorite band of ours and a Indie Corner alumni for us, Narkritaki has announced they are holding a live concert on YouTube. So those of you who don't know, you can check out our website and read a little bit about about Narkri. And, but those you do know, they have announced they will be hosting an online live concert on July 23rd via YouTube. So they originally scheduled to host their largest nationwide tour, Go Talkies 2020 Spring. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the entire tour had to be canceled. So to make up for this cancellation, Narcry announced that this special online on, uh, online concert as this has been long awaited for so many fans as they released their album Zoo in January and everyone has been super hyped for this tour and to see them live so this is a nice way to give the fans something to enjoy while they're at home and everyone can be safe so mark your calendars for July 23rd at 12 noon JST or 1200 hours JST and in the meantime, check out their latest music video, Kitakami no Susume, on our website. And I highly recommend just going through all their videos because they are amazing and we love them. Yeah, I was highly anticipating this this concert because they were a blast. Because when I went to go see them at um, Rock in Japan back last year, they were such a surprise to go see live and to be seeing them a little bit more closer this time will be such a treat. Oh yeah, definitely. I I really wish if I could have went and seen them live. I'm very disappointed. I was supposed to go to Japan this year. Actually, we both were. And I would have loved to see them because I'm jealous you got to see them, but I'm also happy you got to see them. So they look like so much fun. And I'm looking forward to this YouTube live because this will be a way that I can watch them from home. 
even though I'm not there, it's still a great experience. I could just put that on my smart TV and watch him so I can make it feel like I'm there. I'll grab a little light up stick too. <laughs> Let's just say this much. We would have been just there because I think the, I think the day before I left, which would have been the Monday, I think they had a concert in Tokyo. So we would have been able to try and see them. We would have, because I was going to leave a couple days after you. So I'm just sitting there like, we could have saw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they are an act to behold. So I would highly appreciate, highly look forward to this. So Yes, I, I, I second that. And I'm looking forward to watching this. So if you guys are at home, working from home, or if you can watch it on your smartphones while you're at work, put them on and check it out. All right, so since Gray is not on today, we we are not doing Music Corner. We prefer all three of us to be on. So we're doing a little something different than we usually do. So we're going to do a discussion. And this is something Ken and I were talking about off the mics. And something we've been wanting to bring up for a while is due to the whole COVID-19 pandemic, this has put a lot of pressure on so many artists and also got us looking at, you know, the Oricon chart way differently than we have been. Usually by now, it's summertime, just like they have summer blockbusters. We have all these summer releases that are huge anticipated release- releases. And not to mention live tours for artists. So with everything going on, we're seeing such a change in the music industry. And not only releases, but just an artist and everything going on and we want to take a chance to just discuss how COVID-19 is affecting a lot of these artists in the music industry in Japan because this is a big deal. We're seeing more artists pop up on streaming. We're seeing more of them do have to cancel all their live tours and many of them are going to YouTube to help support their fans. They want to give back to their fans because right now they're at home and they, you know, they can't, fans can't go out and enjoy. So they're doing something for their fans. So, and it's just, it, it's crazy with everything going on. And sometimes we don't, you don't take a step back to look at how it's affecting everyone else. You see how it's affecting you and only you. You don't always, you look at some of the industries as affecting, you know, like the bigger ones, but you don't look at how often do people look at the music industry and how much is affecting it right now. I mean, we're looking at the movie industry. We're looking at the insurance industry. We're looking at other economic parts of the industry. But are we looking at the music industry? Not really. And you think about it, those people, are they're affected by it the most because a lot of them, they do live tours to promote their albums, their singles. They do, li- they do special lives. They have to do their music videos and film them and go places and film them. Right now, they can't do that. So... So, Ken, what are some of your thoughts on this, too, you know, and what we've been seeing? I mean, I guess we could start with the Oricon and just how the last couple months we're seeing artists on there that we probably wouldn't see if it if this pandemic didn't happen. And we're also seeing a lot of repeat ones, too, and not any new releases. Yeah, so... Uh, it it was kind of hard doing the Oricon for like the past couple <laughs> couple months because obviously how we do our charts we do it by digital streaming and physical so it's been 
low all around, especially when they had just nothing coming out and it was only digital releases and it's good because we get to see artists that we possibly i know for a fact we wouldn't have seen yao sobi progressed as much as she did much more prevalently onto the chart than if she was to release stuff without the everything going on right now and the same whole movement and especially with eito i don't think we would have saw him at all no, I don't think so either. I, I feel like he was one that came out of nowhere. Just like Yao Sobi, they both took me by surprise. And I feel like they would have never made it on there if all these big releases would have come out this summer and wouldn't have been pushed back. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you get to see see how, like, overall in the industry, it's it's been kind of a messy thing because I know for a fact, like, they wouldn't been have able to get any of the 48s and 46s to do stuff because they would need to for all of them to be together to do music videos and stuff like that as well so that's why there haven't been not much if at all any releases during those times when you know we're getting to a point that we're getting a 48 to 46 release almost every other week around this time last year yeah there were several several summer tracks yeah, especially right now because of the releases between, I want to say, April to June. April and June would have been the time that a lot of artists would be shoveling out new tracks just so that they could have it as the mainstay for their summer tours and any tours that's going to be in for like Rock in Japan or Fuji Rock and stuff like that. So it's interesting to see how certain bands kind of adapted stay at home and do the digital releases and we got to see a couple of that the first one being i'm young doing her entire music video at home yep and i i love that i thought it was so cute that she filmed it all at home and a lot of artists are doing that you know and seeing i'm young do so well made me happy yeah, not like not only I mean we had scandals to do something similar to that effect. A couple other bands were doing like stick figure movements for their music videos if they had to crank the music video out. We got certain groups that planned ahead of time before all this stuff happened and just needed to do do effects and stuff like that. So for example Exile. I know for a fact Yeah, yeah, there's Exiles one and there was um Odyssey's one as well where they probably had planned had filmed much earlier in the year if not last year and just to add the post effects in it and that's what delayed the release and such so it's interesting to see how everything's opening up right now because how they're doing filming for music videos and stuff it's interesting to see that and some of them also doing concerts with no one there like for example like music station and I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, was it Heisei Jump or was it Sexy Zone? No, it was Heisei Jump. And, was that, Heisei that Jump. Was because, and that was because of the edict that the Japan government gave out, which was that they had to do it. They could do it, but no one has to be there. Exactly. There so, couldn't be. So seeing that is something different. They really ham it up when there's no one there because they really, you know, there's no one in the audience to scream for them. I mean, they could probably yeah. do the... You know, the, the effects like they used to have in those old sitcoms, you know. But it's well, still not the same. Yeah, or they could just audience. do... <laughs> they could do what Korean baseball was doing. They have robots and... In the stadium. 
and dolls in the stadium. Yeah. You know, it's not the same as having a live audience. So, you know, you're looking at all, I think it's Aldios is doing a live concert coming up and it's, there's no one there. It's a Shibuya Club Quattro and there's going to be no one in audience. And I feel like a lot of artists are going to be doing that. And even ones later in the year are going to be limited seating. It's only going to be so many people allowed in. Starting mid-July, that's when they're going to do at least a third. And then, I uh, believe August 1st is half. Yeah, and it'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see when it happens. Because you think about the artists who sell out. And I mean sell out a whole stadium. You kind of wonder how this is going to work. And how this is, I mean, this is obviously going to affect their sales. Because they can only do well, half seats. Yeah, obviously domes and and like bigger arena stuff is gonna be out of questions because they're not gonna be able to pay for it. No, no. Even if not. the even if the publishing coughs up the money, there's no way it's gonna be these smaller sets and smaller arena areas and outdoor where they're arenas. gonna be able at outdoor arenas stuff like that. So like case in point, so I guess this is kind of tandem for. Bushiroad has been doing something very interesting for it. So they had two events that that happened within the past like three weeks or so, which was the Rayview Starlight concert and the Razor Sulin We Are Razor Sulin stage play. How they got their money back was they gave they gave tickets out for streaming tickets. Even though that no one's going to be watching, they still made people pay for to watch it, but that's how they're paying for the venue and all the other people out there. And that's, I think that's the smartest way to do it so that people that are helping out the artists still get paid. Because unfortunately, if you're doing a YouTube live, you're doing it for the love of the fans and it's not going to pay for much. If Especially if you're like one of the bigger bands. Like Narka, I'm going to be very... L- very critical about their setup because it has to be small because I I don't know if Sony is going to pay the money to have a full electronic set with them. Yeah. Because they did that with Polkadot where they had people there and it was for free and Polkadot lost money because they had a mini live and they had a full on electronic set there. And I don't know if regretted it was only like two to three songs they still lost money probably to perform those songs. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do at Narcry. And you see a lot of the artists who did do YouTube lives, some of them did it in their own homes, like Yayoi Diamond. Diamond, you could tell that was in her own home. When she, she did a couple, she did one for the, I wouldn't, it wasn't Coachella, it was the Southeast by Southwest. When that was concert, uh, canceled, she did a special live for that. And you could tell she was like, in it i'm guessing maybe either her home or something very like a, a rented apartment and then she did another youtube live and it was obviously in her home <laughs> and it was kind of neat seeing that and you see a lot of artists have been doing that and you can tell by their background it's obviously their home yeah so, so like those those i don't mind because they're literally not paying other people to do it but oh, like, yeah. like i said what Nar- narca I, I i i have a little inkling that they're gonna do a little more pizzazz with it so i'm i'm wondering what about the other staff that is going to be there are they getting paid stuff like that yeah that, that, that that's the only thing that i came across that 
it's good that Bushiro did it. Granted, it's a little greedy, but it's good because they have to pay the other people that are being involved with the project, not yeah. just the musicians. I've heard a couple other artists are doing that too, but I can't recall. I want to say they're more of the um, mm, the more of the metal scene. A lot of them are doing that and doing like streaming yeah. tickets, and they're also a niche genre. So I feel like for them, it would actually, it helps them because a lot of those artists are going to be struggling more than the ones who are bigger names. So for that, I'm totally for it. I would pay for a streaming ticket to watch some of those because, one, it benefits the artist. And two, you know, it it also, like, it's not, they're not going to charge you a full concert ticket, you know. And this is to help make up for some of the cost that goes into those live streams, especially when they need full-out bands and yeah. all the people helping out. I mean, you know, you need to not support just the artists, but the people who contribute to it as well. Yeah, so, exactly. For me, I, I mean, I would totally do that. Even if it's Kodakumi, who's a huge name, I would still pay for a streaming ticket because I love her. And especially if they made it a streaming exclusive that that's the only way you could see it, you know I'd be forking over that money. Yeah. And it's it's just interesting because I don't know what the future is enduring with this because it looks like Tokyo is becoming a second wave with everything kind of going on right now. So who knows as of right now what's going to happen but it could close down again we don't know in a couple months i i hope it doesn't get to that but or maybe not close down completely but it could cause artists to have to cancel again so many artists already had to cancel their shows but you know it kind of goes hand to hand to what you were kind of bringing up earlier with the sales and archive because of what everyone's doing i think everyone besides this week we're playing very very safe and by the book to what fans expect of them because they want the sales because because they want the sales because they need that revenue especially with Johnny's because they, they are only physical honestly was the only person to the group that they think of smartly where yeah we're going to do streaming but i think because that's involving honestly with the olympics and they want to do that more more worldwide i, I know global. johnny is yeah, for global. I know Johnny's a little bit more up the butt about how they're how they're handling their other acts, so it's kind of it's kind of disheartening. But it's also because they're kind of just saying their ways too. Yeah, I mean, at least what they're doing, and I mean, they're going by the books. Like all the releases they put out physically, they've sold very very well. But they're also what you expect of Johnny's. And my only issue with it is it's been become so generic that for me, I mean, if it's what you expect and what you're used to listening to, you're going to buy it. But if you want something outstanding that makes you say, oh, my God, I absolutely have to have this, then you're probably not going to get it. And that's how I feel about a lot of the ones. A lot of them are by the book. So if you were a huge fan, even if it's generic and it's just by the books for them, you're still going to buy it. If you're not like a huge, huge fan then you're probably just going to stream it or just one and done. But I felt like a lot of the more of the mainstream stuff has been one and done, forgettable, generic. But I also feel like part of it, it's because we expect them to release that. And we're going to continue to get that with a pandemic because that's what they know sells. They're not going to jump, go out of their bubble to be like, hey, let me do something new. And hopefully the fans like it. 
Which I would rather see something new at this point, but that's just me. So I, I, I like seeing outstanding ones that make you go, oh my god, you know, this is fantastic. And I will say this week was actually pretty good because I, I felt that, yes, there were some you kind of expect them of that, but some of it, it wasn't expected. So I think this week was way better for that. But it's also interesting seeing how many people still buy physical versus digital and how digital is slowly switching over on certain artists in certain ways. Especially with Japan being very, very, how do you say it? Um, they're one of the few countries. They, they were old fashioned of yes. how they were tackling tackling the thing and it's interesting because we've seen this 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 phase kind of starting with lemon and yunezu kenji and aimil where digital was their best friend digital and streaming was their best circuit of getting a little bit more in into the mainstream i don't know how well lemon would have done if it wasn't a hit via download and streaming but yeah. We're yeah. seeing that become the next step now where we're seeing a lot more artists do digital and streaming a lot more now than compared to when we first started doing this. And it's a nice surprise, to be perfectly honest. It is, because not everyone has access and can afford to buy physical releases from over there. And they are expensive. I feel like it's one of those genres, like, you're very picky about what you buy. And it's also not everyone has the option to import them either. So I feel like streaming is a good way for artists to become more international and global. And even within the country itself, it makes it easier to ex access some of those for those who might not want to buy it online and worry how it's packaged, you know, yada yada. Or some people like to listen to it before they buy it. They don't want to blind buy something anymore because money's tight. So I feel like streaming is a good option for that. And that could be, you know, why I feel like more younger people are going to go toward that more than the older people. I will say I'm one of the people who likes to own a CD physically. I am a big physical media supporter, which is probably why I'm so glad Japan is continuing to release physical releases. However, we've been starting to see that drop off with digital and streaming taking off. And I feel like COVID is, has helped with that majorly and not just because people can't leave their houses I mean you could order for Amazon and stuff but also due to the fact that money's tight and you can just get a streaming service and listen to it for free and figure out if you want to buy it or not or you could just continue to stream it and listen to it anywhere anytime you could pull up your cell phone and you know Spotify yeah. I, Apple Music you know, SoundCloud, and there's so many ways to do that now. And I feel like streaming is good for indie artists because a lot of them aren't going to be afford be able to afford to get CDs printed and pressed. And then a lot of them who sell it in concerts or sell them on the street, they're not going to be able to get those sales. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Tower Records is a great place to pick up indie artists because they do they bring the artist in. You can get their CDs there. But with everything going on, people can't do that right now. So I feel like streaming mm. is a great way for indie artists to get their music out there. Yeah, and, and that was starting re regardless, but more so in the limelight of Apple Music. Because like, I, I think 
Japan has their own version of SoundCloud, which is like eggs and stuff like that too. But that's like where where we used to, I used to find a lot of our old indie artists there, and it's it becoming a little bit more prevalent now because they're saying, hey, we're gonna self publish on Apple Music a little bit more, and that will get them into the mainstream. Case in point, I don't think we would have heard number nine if if this was going to be a thing because I don't know if he's out of a nowhere kind of thing, but. Yeah, number nine I, for this week I haven't heard is of him. a very, very nice surprise. Let's just say that mm-hmm. much. It was. It was someone I've never heard of completely off my radar. And I was like, oh, who is this? This person's, this is fantastic. So I feel like it, the the good part of this is we're getting to check out a lot of artists we would not see in Oricon and make the charts. I mean, the ba- the downfall is so many artists are suffering and going to suffer. I mean... I'm glad a lot of them are probably happy to get get time to spend with their families just and due to horrible circumstances, you know, but a lot of them also are struggling just to stay afloat, get their music out there, be able to, some of them might not have the equipment in their home to do new music. They might not be able to go into the studio. So for a lot of artists, it's, you know, hurting them more than anything. And they also want to be there for their fans. They want to help their fans out. And, you know, some artists have exclusives you can only get at the tours. And that's one of the things that breaks my heart because, you know, there's some really cool tour exclusives you can get, especially for, like, hardcore fans. And a lot of those artists will go into helping design some of those goods themselves, put a lot Mm -hmm. of effort into it, you know, and so they sell it for their fans. And they can't do that now. Like, yeah, a, lot, a, a, a case in point, the Bish Best of Album, their Best of Album would have been specifically sold during their 5th Anniversary Live, and because that got cancelled, they had to rework everything and make it into an actual release. Granted, it's only a limited amount of quality, and you can't just go into a physical store, you have to order it off their official site, but it still puts a wrench into those plans where they were they know that the hardcore fans are going to pick this up where while they have to take a gamble of how many people are, are actually going to buy this album, even if it's a best of. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some of them, let's say you, you're not a hardcore fan, but you're a big fan and you already bought other albums. Are you going to buy their best album? No, not unless you're a hardcore fan. Cause usually and, and hardcore even, fans buy it all. Yeah, even if you're not a hardcore fan, like even if you just saw it and you're like, oh, I don't have this song, but eh, I mean, I could just buy buy another thing later on. I don't know if I want to buy a best of and get involved with that, even if you only are going to get one additional new song or something like that. Exactly. And some of them be like, hey, I can stream that song. Or I can find it. You know, some of them might not think it's worth it to buy a best album for, like you said, like one song, one new song, unless you're like super hardcore. And I, I admit, like, if I'm if I'm a hardcore fan, yes, I will. If I'm not a hardcore fan and I have some of the albums or there's only, like, two songs I like and I have the album with those songs on it, I'm not going to buy it. Yes. But, yeah, like, for example, it's kind of like buyer's mentality because you're already there at the tour and you're like, oh, I might as well buy this since since I'm here. And you might not even think twice about it. Yep. I mean, if I was there to commemorate me going there, I would buy it. Yep, yep. Same same happened to me when I went to Jump Fiesta. Like, there were certain CDs that were there. I'm like, ah, might as well, since I'm here, I wouldn't have gotten it 
I would have gotten to add, like, Tower Records or something like that. But since I'm here, I might as well just pick it up kind yep. of thing. Yep. One of the tours I went to, it had a couple different artists, and I picked up Brand New Vibes' first album. And I had never heard of that band until that day, and I heard them, and I really liked them. So I, I saw the album at the table, and I bought it. You know, I was there. It commemorated me going there to see them, and it was the perfect time to buy it. So I, I feel like, you know, when you're actually at a tour, you're going to want souvenirs. You're going to want to buy that. And a lot of artists, you know, rely on that. Like, uh, Ayumi designs all her own tour goods. Like, all her designs, she designs all that. And that's one of the the things is a lot of those artists put so much time and effort into it. And it's not just the revenue, but it's also some of them do work with that and enjoy doing that. So, and a lot of fans enjoy going to see them and purchasing that to have something to commemorate their time, like how much fun they had. And it's just, I'm glad artists are being able to do lives and still show fans how much they care. And, you know, you can still join fan clubs and buy stuff on their websites, but it's not the same. It's not the same as going there in person and seeing them. And it, it'll be interesting to see when that can fully happen again. I still feel like it's going to be a while before we'll get, well, everyone will get past this and we'll be able to go out safely again and see our favorite artists safely, you know, and see each other safely. So all we can do right now is support from the sidelines. And I will say, you know, buy, you know, buy their songs, stream them, support them. I've been purchasing, you know, a good amount of CDs to help support the artists, like artists I'm huge fans of. I've been trying to stream, you know, more of the ones that I want to check out and find new ones. And, you know, just do your best to send love and, and everything you can do. Um, follow them on Instagram, Twitter. And the one thing I did notice about the whole COVID lives, so many people are doing more Instagram stuff and Instagram lives. And it's neat to actually see them talk to everyone on there and answer your questions and like be a part of it. Let's just say I've enjoyed a lot of those. And this is a little bit behind the scenes too. Let's just say this much there. The bandwidth for it, ironically, is fairly good compared to a lot of other things. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Let's just yeah. say this much. Because there were there was a couple of tours that they were doing YouTube lives and the YouTube live just freaking crashed. <laughs> because how about how much bandwidth they're using, but compared to they, they they also complained, Oh, you know, we did an Instagram live a day before and it went off without a hitch. We should have done it on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instagram's been really good and it's just amazing seeing some of them like Crystal K did one and Aisha's done some, you know, you see Maze and there's so many artists and I just cannot name them all who've been doing so much on Instagram and it's so neat to see him like Miyavi's been a big one. He has been doing some really cool virtual lives for all the fans lately in his own home and I love watching his Instagram videos with his family. I just think it's really cute and it's a great way for fans to get to know these artists personally. So I felt like that's one good thing that's come out of all this is I feel like there's been more bonding between a lot of the artists and fans because you feel like you get to talk to them and ask them questions and learn more about them and, you know, just be a part of something because I've joined in a couple of those and, you know, ask questions and I just get I get really excited. So 
I think it's amazing and I enjoy watching a lot of them just talk about what's going on and it's a good insight for that so it's just kind of interesting to see that I will say one thing I love that Avix did and I don't think any of the videos are up anymore I'm kind of sad is they were putting a lot of their artists full concerts on YouTube for fans and they did that with like Koda and IU and I want to say AAA, a lot of their artists had their individual ones like Nishi and Sky High had all theirs on there too. And it's neat. Yeah, I think it was good for them to do that. But unfortunately, because it was only a limited time, it, it kind of also sucked. <laughs> it did. So the funny thing is, is Ayumi's are still up. Now, I don't know if Kodos are, but Sky High's are down. Uh, Nishi's are still up because I was watching one the other day. And it's weird how some artists kept it up and some didn't. So I kind of wonder if it's more, you know, depending on... I just kind of wonder it what just, the criteria was for it. It was. I think it was just depending. A lot of them just gave them, like, up until beginning of July. Gotcha. Some even before that. But a lot of them, because a lot of the country is already opening up. Yeah, so they'll probably start taking them down. But it was neat to be able to watch them if you did not own them. Like, I own all Lakotas, but seeing that my best friend could actually watch it without he can't borrow my dvds because they're region locked and i mean blu-rays what i have on blu-ray yeah we could but just being able to watch them in your own home and we couldn't see each other anyway so i could send them to youtube link and be like hey look they have all her tours on live i know you didn't see them all so it's kind of neat being able to watch that from your home especially like if you don't own it and it also gives fan fans a chance to say, hey, this tour was great. I want to go buy it. Because, I mean, the tours aren't cheap. You're talking 60 plus bucks, you know, about $60 USD, you know, or more. So a lot of people can't fork out the money for it, you know, and you don't want to blind buy something you might not have seen. So I think it was also a great way for artists to promote as well. So I bought some IU tours that I did not have because of that. I watched a couple of them like, oh, I need this one and I need this one. I'm going to go to Amazon and buy them. So I don't know. I, I just think it's just interesting seeing how everyone's been affected by it. And I'm really hoping, you know, the artists are all able to stay afloat and fans are able to still support them. And everyone, I think at this point, we all need to support each other and be as supportive of everyone in this. And it doesn't matter what genre you like. Support, you know, all the artists because everyone's struggling right now. And just show them as much love as you can. And I think we yeah, all that's, need to do that for that, each other. Yeah, that's for darn sure. I but yeah, I want to say thank you for taking charge of that conversation. It's good to uh, to have. And yeah, it's it's always good to talk about the, the industry as a whole with you because fortunately with Gray, it's it's a little bit more difficult with him because he's only started paying attention within the last year or two. So overall, to see how the industry changed, it's a little bit more interesting to kind of have a lengthy discussion about that. With oh, you. yeah. Yeah, because we've been both into it since the 2000s. So for us, we've seen it come a long way since then. And I'm sure we've both seen so many artists we love come and go. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to the Oricon charts here. And this week was very interesting. It was the one of the better weeks that, that I have liked overall. It's been kind of better and better because we're seeing a lot more newer faces. And it's the strongest, I think, overall. 
within the last couple of weeks. I actually think so too. But let's continue with the number 10, and that is Pretender by official Higedondism. He, it was gone for one week, and it came back again. I think I know why it's back. Yeah. But regardless, this week it's still a lovely 14,299 points. And then continuing on to number 9, it is Myra by Tani Yuki. So, this was a very good surprise, and I've really, really liked what I've heard with Taniyuki, and I am going to pay attention to him a little bit more. So why don't you tell me what you liked about this track? I loved how it started out with the piano. It was very simple. It was a simple composition, and it worked so well. And that is the first thing that intrigued me is I heard that piano at the beginning, and I'm like, this is different. I like it. And then when you hear his voice, he has a very nice voice, like very soft and sweet. And the song itself was very interesting. Like the lyrics, I liked how everything flowed and how the composition flowed with his voice. I also feel like if it weren't for what's going on right now, we probably wouldn't have seen this artist on here. But I'm really glad we did because this is something we don't usually see in the Oricon and it made me very happy. Oh yeah, that's for darn sure. I it was he was a very nice supply surprise, and I, it's good to see artists like this because he probably composed everything, and it just fit everything fit very well with how he composed the song and his and how he sung this song specifically. It was very very interesting. It just all came together, and you're you're completely right we probably wouldn't have seen him if everything had that was going on continued so but regardless myra sold a very well 16,942 points and then continuing on to number eight it is gorenge by lisa nothing more we can say once again it's still doing very strong we'll see what's going to happen now but this week, it's all the lovely 17,360 points. And coming up to number 7, it is Kusui by Ito. Once again, I don't know if we would have seen him at all if what had happened had happened with everything. But it's good to see him on here still. And this week, he sold a lovely 24,586 points. Then going on to number 6, it is Make You Happy by Niju. And like I said, I I had very I had trouble dealing with Niju and listening to them again didn't really help that. <laughs> I shouldn't say that much. Had anything changed this time around for you? No, I still like the the track. I think it's really cute and happy, but I also feel like it is very generic. Re-listening to it and being honest, this is where I become basic is I like the cute popsy stuff sometimes and that's one of my downfalls is yeah and but I still enjoy it I think it's cute so I haven't really changed my opinion on it but I still think boom 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 is I like that oh I don't like it better than this one but it's still like my second track on that EP I still think make you happy is their best one though in that one yeah, that's that's for darn sure. But yeah, 
this week make you happy so they lovely 26,083 points and going on up to Kadachi no Kokoro by Aimyo Aimyo Nothing much we can say about this track but yeah, this week it sold their lovely 27,801 points and continuing on up to number 4 it is Yoru ni Kakeru by Yao Sobi once again we probably wouldn't have seen Yao Sobi on as prevalent if what had happened had happened with the stay at home movement and such but yeah. good 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 Yoru ni Kakeru was probably one of her better tracks Oh, I agree. And I think she's coming out. Her album is coming out soon. So this could be why she's been doing really well in the charts. I mean, not just because the album's coming out, but why she keeps sticking on there. With that, this week, Yorini Kakeru sold a lovely 30,935 points. And going on to number three, it is Kanden by Yonezu Kenshi. So this is one of, this is his first track of 2020. And it was very interesting to see that this was the track that he chose. This is going to be one of the lead songs for his upcoming album, Stray Sheep. And what do we think about this song? Because personally, I really did like it. It's very Yonezu Kenshi and it fits his style. How they did the cinematography, if you guys watched the music video for it, is very, very good. I really liked it. So I loved it. This was one of my favorites of the week, to be honest. And yes, it is very Yonezu Kenshi and it reminded me a little bit of Lemon and I think it's just because it's his style. Like when you hear Lemon, it's his style. So when you hear a lot of his tracks, you recognize it. And I like the vocal work. I love the composition. And you're right with the music video. The cinematography is amazing. And I love his videos because they're always really unique. He does something very odd and I like it. Yeah. 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 You know, like you said with Lemon, I, I think it, it for me it hits more to um, Umetoshika. That beginning specifically. Beginning, his style is but just... But then a little bit later with the chorus, it reminded me of Lemon. So I guess oh, yeah, it was yeah. a good like combination of both. Like, I feel like maybe he took a lot of his... That's what his style is, you know. I you can hear several songs in different of his just because of how, I think it's just how he he vocalizes, Mm-mm-mm. and it's unique. You know, it's him. He has a very unique voice, a unique sound, and I feel like what he does, you recognize it for that reason. He stands out yeah. in a good way. He he does, and it you know well we're gonna get up on this a little bit later in the month here, but with a little thing that we might do for him. But it's interesting to be with him and kind of listening to a lot of his older stuff. And compared to this one, you can tell that he was experimenting, but he's a very experimental artist. And especially he, he with his own tracks. When he composes other tracks for other other artists, it's it sounds amazing. And he knows how to to design and compose a, a track for a certain artist but with him he always sticks with the style and he always tries to evolve that style and that's what i really do like from yuneza kenji yeah no i i completely agree especially listening to i was listening to some of the things he's composed and that you know for other artists and or projects he's been a part of and then you listen to his actual music and you hear that same pattern in his music, but he also experiments with it, and it's still him, and you recognize it. 
but each track is different than the last and they all stand out in their own unique way so he is very good about that and that's one of the reasons I love him and his style it's just so recognizable and what you see today is super generic and then you see someone like him who no matter what he does he stands out because he does something unique but it's very him yeah that's for darn sure but regardless Kanden sold a lovely 61,000 396 points and that is download only so when straight sheet comes out i'm thinking that it'll definitely be on the up and up for number one again oh oh it will it definitely will with that let's continue on to number two and this is cameo by equal love now this was very interesting because this was written by sasha haradino this is her group that she produces and she said something very daunting that she was going to break what the image is for Japanese idol music is. And it's very different compared to what they usually do. And that's what I really kind of like about this song. It is kind of all over the place. But that's because they had like two different composers with it. And that, that that's a problem with it in and of itself. But it's 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 interesting. What what did you feel about Camille? So the first time I, I, I listened it more than once because I was trying to get a feel for it. The first time I didn't like it because it was all over the place. It I felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. But the second time I listened to it, I still think it is all over the place. However, I realized more of it knows what it wants to be. It doesn't want to be idle. It wants to do something different and it's trying to break the mold. So that's what I heard the second time around. And it's very true because their their other music is very idly. You know who they are when they sing it. This stood out because this isn't what Equal Love usually does. And so that took me as, okay, they're trying to do something different. They're trying to switch it up, trying to show that, hey, we're not just this generic idol group. We can do other things with it. I think my other issue is it like it showed off one of the girls has some good vocal talent, but the rest of them, it did not show off any of their vocal talent. And that yeah. was the disappointing thing for me because I, I know I, these I, girls have good vocals. I, 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 sorry, sorry to butt in there, but I know I completely understand because like the group only has one or two really, really good vocalists. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't feel like that vocalist is on par with everyone else. And it's a shame, though, yeah, that they you, couldn't take advantage of that. And you hear that because the one vocalist who's fantastic, you hear her in there and not even that long. But then you hear the other ones who are more the leads, who have more the chorus in that, and their vocals are so much weaker. So that kind of bugged me. But, I mean, I understand for the type of song it was. But I wish if they would have showcased that girl who has the powerhouse vocals because they could have made that work and fit in with that track so much better than it was. So, I don't know. It was interesting. I'm just glad they broke out of the norm and did something different. I just wish the track wasn't like... did it? it, it I just wish if it wasn't all over the place. Because there were things I liked yeah. about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was interesting. I'm not saying it was yeah. bad, but it was, yeah. it was something different for them. And I'm yeah. glad they did that. And and I wish that they could see what they they think that the critics 
think about this song and kind of go back to the drawing board and say, well, we could either go like this or evolve that style and see what to correct what happens with it. It's, it'll be very interesting if Sashihara decides to continue the trend of what they decide to do with this song. I would, I'm looking forward to their next release. That's all I'm going to say from it because they kind of brought something that I'm like, okay, I'll pay attention just a little bit more than closer than what I would have. But if they kind of go back with it, then, hey, it, it, it is what they did. They decide to do and be like, oh, you know, we did this. It didn't sell well, in our opinion, or the critics didn't like it. So let's go back to what we usually do and kind of go back to the drawing board and see. If this but. one sold very well for them trying something new. And I'm really hoping, seeing these sales, you know, that they will go in another, you know, maybe go in a direction in a song and still do that something different but just how do you say it um uh, um finesse or try to try to make it flow you know better to what they are all capable of mm. i think what they need to do is they have to have the composition wrap around the singer then yes. the singer wrap around the composition yes yes that, and that's that's most important what you need to do with the idol song and that's what Lost Idol was doing originally with mm -hmm. a certain amount of their subgroups where I forget the, the one that me and you really really liked that they were in the stadium the, the composition wrapped around their lyrics or their vocal style compared the other way around mm -hmm. and that's what I like and if they can do that I think that would be a very good win for them but yeah, I mean, regardless, it did well, and I would like to see what they would do later on, and we'll we'll see from there, and let's see what Sashiata decides to do with this. She she's in the driver's seats with this now, so. But regardless, Cameo sold a lovely one hundred fifty-seven thousand four hundred and twenty-nine points, and going on up to Fanfare by Twice this is the Japanese version, and it's it it's in interesting for me. <laughs> I, I, I understand the appeal for Twice. I very much understand that. Um, I don't know if for, for me if this this song clicked for me. There's only one or two songs from Twice that I really did like because and it just clicked. But I don't I don't know it. This song was very very close, but I I don't know. I can't put my finger on it of what it it just wasn't clicking for me. Was it two girls' generation? I, 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 I kind of don't want to say that because I don't want to compare them. And th because they are b becoming that way, and I don't want them to be like that because I want them to have their own identity. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for me, like, I really did like the song, but the reason I did is it really gave me a girls' generation vibe. And I love those girls, and that's probably why. And I agree, I don't want Twice to be them. I want me to be, I want to be able to say, hey, that's Twice. You know, not, oh, they sound like Girls' Generation. And because this is a, it's, this is a very high energy, very high yes. uppity, very cheery song. And I, I don't know, like, like I said, the handful of songs that I've listened from Twice, I, I, I don't know to judge them like that. I will have to talk to my friend who is a big Twice fan and kind of see what his final talk about this song this is. But I think this is a song that is necessary 
for the time that we're in. <laughs> oh yeah, and I love when I do like the happy go cheery songs, especially with gr- girl um girl groups because a lot of those some reason I don't know why they appeal to me and they've always appealed to me. So for me, I did enjoy it. I thought Fanfare was actually pretty good. However, I will say it's not my favorite Twice song, but it is one that stuck out and I actually yeah. really like the Japanese one. I love the Japanese one. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I, like like I said, it's a very good song. It's a very very good song. And for for me, I can't put my finger on it why it isn't clicking with me. It's a great song, and like I I will probably enjoy it maybe on a, maybe on a fifth or tenth time that I'm listening to it. But it's like for me the handful of times that I've listened to Fanfare now, ever since the music video first came out, and ever since its release. I I just I don't know why for me it, it could be that it, it I compare them to Girls Generation it's because of the style but who knows it's it's I can't really explain I'm not going to be mixing up the fandoms here obviously because oh no of, no I uh, distinctly know Girls Generation very well however this yeah. gave me a vibe of them. And I think it's because yeah. of the happy-go-lucky. And that is the only reason why is this happy-go-lucky song, which fits great. And like you said, we need that right now. And this was a nice, cheery, cute song. And I I loved its cute poppiness. I'm just going to say it. But I did feel like it still was missing yeah. a little bit of something because it wasn't. it didn't make it my favorite. I think one of my favorites is still Breakthrough. And I love TT. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I really like TT, and then there, there, there was the the BZD song that I really did like from them. Also, yep. there's another track by them that I really did like. Also, but I, like I said, it's 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 a great track. It's it's something that we need right now. We need to be on edge and kind of get that energy back, that positive energy that they're conveying through this. It's just like I don't know why I. I th- I don't know. It might be the rap in the middle. I, I, I don't know. That's the only thing that actually I did not care for. It was the rap because it didn't fit for me. I kind of wish if they wouldn't have done it or the girls could have rapped a little faster, which would have been a little harder. But yeah. I that was the only drawback was the rap for me because I loved everything else about the song. But the rap threw me off because it didn't quite fit into it the way I wanted it to fit or the way I th- I thought it should fit. Let's put it that way. Mm, mm, mm. I would prefer it without the rap or at least the girls, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to describe that, but I like the chorus a lot. I mean, I love the happy go lucky. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, so. it's really happy go lucky. And I, like, let's just say this much. I wonder what Gray would have thought of this song a lot more. I wonder which song he would have liked more cameo or fanfare. Now, obviously for, for, for me, Cameo is a little bit over the edge because just of how they decided to market that song compared to Fanfare. But Fanfare is a very close second. But it's only because of how Cameo was advertised to me and how I covered it compared to what Fanfare is. Because I, 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 I know that I was going to get a get a solid track with Twice regardless. Yeah. And Twice's Japanese tracks seem to be very solid in general. Like, what we've heard, I haven't dived into any of their Korean music, so I can't say anything about their K-pop stuff. But all their, a lot of their Japanese songs, especially the singles, have been, they always do a great job of making sure they knock it out of the park. 
But regardless, Fanfare sold a lovely 188,491 points. And with that, let's go on to the albums here real fast. I took a sneak peek at this earlier because I was very curious. Yeah, it, it seems like what I expected. There are a couple of outliers like KRDA, uh, which draw badge. I, I've, they're fairly decent, so I mean, I can see them coming up with that. Traveler with official Higay's on there at number nine. Symbol by Mia Kaokun, so it's it's good. I mean, there was that. I always forget how we are supposed to pronounce it. Huh? Hungary? Hungary? Hun, hold on, Hungary? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'll have to ask my, my friends who lived in Korea for a long time. I'll have to ask them. <laughs> We can ask uh, Kill, because <laughs> oh. technically he studied Korean. <laughs> he he did. I totally forgot. I remember some of the classes he took. Yeah, so that by seventeen took number seven, and then Aubrey uh, Assort by Suzuki Ayasa. So Momio Clover's Red Main. This is her solo debut, so that's good for her. Uh, Bandstar by. Haruka Mirai, so that's really good. I've been they're they're fairly decent from what I remember. One Rick Diary by um, is is one or Izone, how we usually do it, but is one at number four. That stayed at number four. Nihon no Natsukara Konnichiwa by Tube. So this is a this is a variety show thing. So that's always going to be what sells. Five by Miss Green Apple. So this was something that I really did want to cover, but we just didn't have time. But Miss Green Apple always does solid work. Mm -hmm. And for the live Bish Best. So speaking of the best of for the Bish, so this was the album that was supposed to have gone out for the for, for that, the for live tour. Yeah. So it's it's good that they they pretty much got their money back i'm glad they did i'm glad they did because i i'm sure you know that was a hard decision for them to make but yeah with that you know i i can't wait for next week and i can't wait to hear what gray has to sing about the song i know fanfare and possibly possibly what you call cameo, cameo is going to be be, be yeah, they're going to be on there again, possibly, unless something is going to wipe out everything. But it will be it'll be fun to see. I want to hear his reactions to this. So. But with that, you can find us at all the social media stuff at Ongakudu on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the website at ongakudu.com. You can find our affiliates, Kuryu Hunter. He is a Twitch streamer that does all the zany, wacky things right now. He tried to go through and 101 complete Donkey Kong 64. He hates that game with a passion, so I don't oh, know I why know. he wanted to. I know. He should play Donkey Kong for Super Nintendo. That's the best. Yeah, but unfortunately, that it was, it was because of what we talked about on Potosaurus that kind of spurred him to do it. So there's that. And then after that, you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our other affiliate, Tim Tuff. He is a Twitch streamer in his own right who is doing a lot of variety things. He's been t t streaming Witcher again. He also does a 
Twilight Princess, uh, the randomizer, so it goes into different dungeons depending on what dungeon he goes to. So it could be all out of order. So is he picking up girls in those dungeons? No, 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 not, not, not that with that. But you can check him out at Twitch.tv/TimberTav, T-I-M-B-R-T-A-F-T, and you can also find your sister Rose, who is streaming what now? Monster Hunter. Uh, art stuff and she is the Animal Crossing which is actually really cool. I watched her play it last weekend. It's very very cute and I kind of want one now too. <laughs> Good luck trying to find a Switch right now. <laughs> I know. I don't need to spend spend money in one but it looks really fun so she's been streaming a lot of that stuff. I know she was doing oh, yeah. Monster Hunter this week. Hey, you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. And you can check out our last affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name. She is a Zelda Twitch streamer for the most part, but she does a various amount of games and horror games especially. But you can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. And you can check out the podcast that I do with Fangirl, Kyo, and Timber called Podosaurus. It is a gaming podcast where we, we try to talk about gaming. Uh, there's a lot of other things we talk about, too, because of how we go on tangents to that. But here is just a small list of what we talked about the last episode. We talked about Catherine Full Body, which is a game I played. We talked about Donkey Kong 64. We talked about Ratchet and Clank, Shadow of the Colossus, a little bit of Goblin Slayer, and Xenoblade Chronicles. You can check that out on all podcast services. Just look up Kuryu Hunter. It's same spelling as his Twitch handle, so go right ahead there. You can find me at Twitter at OTYKen1, where I'm talking about a bunch of various things about Bang Bang Dream, Seiyus, and Bang Dream, and I know Iva, so go check me out there. You can check out Gray at Ongaku Gray. You can check out Renford at Renford D, and where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, my anime list, Anime Planet as LunaMaria87. Or you could find me on Instagram as Nerdy Collector Luna. As I've been exercising every day, I have to watch anime. So check out the anime I've been watching. This week it was Gundam Unicorn. And I started Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. So you can keep up with what I do watch on those. But yeah, with that, once again, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ungakuryu. I want to say thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. Alright, this is Luna. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it and have a fantastic rest of your week. Jamatane!